Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 398 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Signwinder Bar for this episode, we have, as per usual, our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed Levice, Ben Moss Woodward. It's hot, but not too hot now. It's better than it were. And it's going to get even. It's going to get even hotter. Apparently so. Uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director slash Captain Wonga, Commander Shan. Hello. And on top of that, we also have our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Saiket. It's very hot. That reminds me of that quote from uh, Good Morning Vietnam, where he goes, "It's hot, damn hot, just like hot spot cooking." Yeah, it's that hot little guys in orange are bursting the flames. Um, <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in games somewhere. Where are we hanging about, Ben? I am currently around the Bright Sentinel in HIP 22460 with somebody you, you might have heard of uh, mm-hmm. going by the name of Commander Jack Little. He he may have just been killed by something. So he's no longer a real boy. He's a dead boy. He's a dead boy now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he can always blame it on the puppet. Don't, I, I, blame, I blame it on Little Willie. Yeah, something. Uh, now, if you wish, you can join Ben live. Are you in open or are you in a private group? I, I am in open. Oh, dear. Uh, I may or may not be leaving um, Bright Sentinel. <laughs> You're just going to hang around there and hope it defends you. That, that, that is possible, yeah. Uh, well, good luck with that, then. If you can't get to us in game, you can join us at the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. Otherwise, go straight to twitch.tv slash radio or go straight to Live Radio on YouTube. Go straight to Live Radio on Facebook. And we're even working on Twitter as well. So we will just go around the crew, see how they've been doing for the week. We'll start this week with Psykit. How have you been, dear? 
Yeah, it's been another another busy week in Elite Dangerous. It's just been really, really warm as well. I haven't really gotten up to like a huge amount of stuff outside of that, to be completely fair. Playing Elite, playing Neon White, which is a really good game. Highly recommend. Pre-ordering Stray, which comes out on Thursday or Friday this week. And just like, you know, getting all hype and ready for LaveCon. Three days! Ah, uh, well, it's, it's four days for me. Or is it five? I think it's five. It's going to be five for me. Three day, yeah, three days to Friday. So I think I'll, I'm arriving... I'm due to, due to arrive about two o'clock on Friday, I believe. Cool. Well, then we will move over to Shan. Um, real life stuff. Uh, finished um, Dad's eulogy uh, today. So that's been a bit of, bit of a burden on me to try and get that done. You know, it's one of the things you, ha- you have to do, but whatever. Kitten number four has arrived and settled in. So he's he's been nicknamed Steel Rain by oldest old mini Shan, um, simply because his name is Arthur or Artie, and youngest mini Shan, of course, called Artie Target, which is our artillery and a nickname for artillery Steel Rain. So he's earned his name by jumping on you and putting his claws out in play. <laughs> it's funny that, because I thought that was a kind of look from Zoolander, Steel Rain, but um, obviously... No, it's, it's anyway, so I have been busy preparing for LaveCon, um, making sure I have two clean pairs of oxygen shorts, uh, plenty of t-shirts, and cooling stuff. <laughs> what else did oh yeah, so last night I slept in the car, so I put... How did that work out for you? It was actually really nice, actually. The memory foam mat- mattress was really comfortable. And I had it in camp mode, which has nothing to do with Larry Grace. It's more to do with um, it's, it's more to do with the air conditioning being on in the car all night. Um, so it was just nice being able to sit in an air-conditioned car and sleep and watch YouTube and Netflix and stuff like that until the morning. <laughs> Ah, nice one. Um, <laughs> right, Ben, what you been up to? Um, so I'm currently in HIP two two four six zero, as I said, because mm-hmm. uh, after we did some um, oh killing killing of a couple of thargoids last night with yourself and Shan, and that that was a lot of fun. It was, um, and hopefully we'll be able to get a circadian, you know, properly, you know. Get him sort of properly murderous at some point in the near future. Yeah, he's he's busy flying off to sell his fleet carrier because he's realised he doesn't want it. No, I, do you I want to know it. what the most? Do you want to know what the most fun I had last night, Ben? It wasn't killing the cyclone, the um, basilisk or anything. What, what was the most fun you had? Well, the the most fun was when you were down well, twenty odd percent hull with caustic damage. Yes, and I I was saying, hey Ben, fly to me, I'll limp at you to decon you and yeah. repair you and then gradually flying further away from you each time. I, yeah. I did wonder what was happening with your your ship. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good job I was there with decon limpets as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, it, it was very noticeable last night and I am sure that none of our audience will find this difficult to believe. Mm. You know, Colin and I were roughly, you know, between one and five kilometers away from the Thargoid, yes. Shan was around about eleven. 
it did seem that way, didn't he? It sort it of did. trying to take the the kind of standoff approach. Oh. Uh, I thought that that was interesting, but um, yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. So if I didn't actually do anything, how come I got the the credits for it? Because you were in the wing. Because you, yeah, because it's all shared. If even if you manage to get scratch it with just one tiny little pulse laser shot, if, if you're in a wing. It. Yeah, you still get the you get the credits. You get the credits. So basically, but, me and me and Ben do all the hard work, and you get all the you get all the cash. I, to be fair, Carl, and what's you, wrong with that? Most of the actual work work. No, what's wrong with that? We we were just we were just watching. I was just watching, making you, you, sure that I was you. on hand. Yeah, I was on making sure on hand to make sure supervising. I think is the right word. I think next time we'll just let him take the hydro on by himself. <laughs> After leading it in his direction, yeah, I wish there was a little something where you could actually fire off at a, a, a commander, you, you like fire guardian, guardian things at Shan and say, "Here, scoop this." Yeah, I mean, I'd keep on yeah. thinking, thinking of um, Bioshock, where you can throw something at bad guys and it attracts all the big daddies. I, I'd like the equivalent for Thargoids, so you can fire it at somebody's ship and all the Thargoids go after him. We, we don't need to. It's called a Colin. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Mister, I got two of the bloomin' buggers last night, so you know I don't think you've got any room to talk. Um, yeah, I, I, I must admit I thoroughly enjoyed last night because yeah. I'm getting quite good at sniping with the uh, you Guardian Gauss those cannons. Yeah, yeah. So you know, anti uh, anti Xeno turrets um, or sort of um, multi cannon turrets uh, for taking care of the scouts. And uh, the Gauss cannons for just sniping the hearts from a distance. And, yep, ab I have a great deal of fun. And the Hydra still kicked our bottoms and we all got out. Oh. Uh, yeah, we, the Hydra showed up and we ran away. Uh, mm -hmm. But, I, I mean, I had lots of fun doing doing all this in VR, which was probably certifiable. Uh, but How definitely your head didn't melt? How come your it, head? My head, my head did did melt, but it was still enjoyable and completely worth it to you know to see the Thargoids like that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. VR in Elitus it remains brilliant um, as long as you don't get out of your seat. Um, so apart from so that's basically been the extent of my gaming. Right. Um, apart from that, I've also I did see. Thor, Love and Thunder, and um, oh, not Ghost. What the hell is it called? Um, and Jurassic World. Oh um, right. So I saw both of them over the weekend. Uh, both very good films. And again, I was enjoying the uh, enjoying the air conditioning for that. Uh, and then on Saturday, I did the opposite of the air conditioning and went out to the to the park to our local to our local sort of big park place, if you know what I mean. Um, and had fun in the the fairgrounds there and all that other good stuff. Um, and there, I, I I didn't manage to burn, but I did I did sort of um, yeah. I, I was a, a delicate shade of red on sat on Sunday. Yeah, um, I, I will not say anything about members of my family not putting um, sun cream on appropriate areas and then looking walking around like lobsters. <laughs> so, yeah. did you laugh at them? 
No, I didn't, because I, I I knew they were in a great deal of discomfort, and I I felt sorry for them. It's this this human emotion, Shan, called sympathy. Yeah, but that's purely self-inflicted. I mean, that's just muppetry, really. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. What's what is this Lego figures thing? Is is this something we can actually show on the? Where did so, this come um... from? Oh, I was trying to get spellings of, of Frontier staffers and things like that for Lavecon. Um, uh-huh. And I wound up on one of their um, LinkedIn pages. And I was like, he had that as his banner. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so awesome. And, you know, I, I think we can identify. I can certainly identify three of the three of the people. There's no Sally. Uh, whoever's yeah. whoever's got the um, I don't know uh, who's who, who's half is obvious. Bruce and Zach are obvious. Yeah, I as I got figures, I should point out for yeah. those of you that are listening uh, um, on the podcast, we've got a picture of uh, four Lego fict- figurines. Uh, one's pretty much obviously half. One's Bruce and one's Zach. Uh, there's no Sally. There's just what looks like somebody else with the uh, in the red is meant to be is meant to be Paul. But I'm not sure. No, no. The one in the it's red is the, the one in the red is Zach, I think, and then the one at the back with the with like holding the the dice and exploration gun menacingly might be Paul. Although I, I, it could oh. be Benedetti as well. There is a, there's the option for it being yeah. Benedetti. It's too thin for Stephen. See, I was, I was thinking the guy in the fight with the mustache was Zach. Because yeah, that's yeah. got a little, bit, a little bit of the moustache action going these days, doesn't it? Yes, I thought that was. I nice, just looked yeah. at that and thought it was Bruce. This does not make for good, um, good podcast listening, though. No, so it might it, be worth it doesn't. Perhaps we, we can ask him on, on Saturday. Yes. Um, quickly, Shannon, about the Lego figures. Well, I was just about to, to to say I think we should have live radio crew Lego figures. It's making I, ha- I have, I have one. Oh yeah, no, those were Dockers and and. Um... What do you call them? The Hutton Orbital Truckers, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not live radio. Yeah. It's separate. And the other thing about why there's no Sally is um, female looking Lego figures don't tend to look very feminine. It's just a hairstyle, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, and, and they, I have the clothes because in, um, in the Lego movie, the heroin lady, the re- reason why you knew it's heroin la- uh, lady was because she had different coloured clothes on to make the shape. Right, well, moving on from, uh, well, let's have a quick look at what I've been doing for the week. Um, quite simply, it's down to three things. First of all, getting ready for my daughter's 18th birthday. Uh, which is why I'm not down on Saturday. Uh, yes, she's, I've now got a daughter who's 18 years old. Oh, I can't believe it. I <laughs> I now feel old. Um, second thing, I have been playing a lot of Elite. Thanks to everybody who joined in on the tw- on the, the streams over the weekend. I was busy shooting bugs there as well, so um, that was fun. Uh, and of course, uh, I've been carrying on playing uh, Final Fantasy VII and getting more and more into it with every Blooming Game session. Um, and then I made a, a, an unusual discovery because I, I booted up uh, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock and found because it's been a, this, there was a Steam sale, um, I bought one of the DLCs for about three pounds, and 
it, there's this this mission thing, which basically means that you are something like twenty jumps away from the colonies, and all you've got is a battle star and uh, a couple of couple of civilian ships to protect, and you've got to get back to the colonies. And it feels very very much like how it is in the TV series, because you can't repair as much as you can as you need to, and you feel like you're always being worn down. And I'll just point out, it's a it's a great addition. Um, if you want to, uh, if you've got that game, I, I would highly, highly recommend that game mode. And of course, I've got Half-Life Alex because that was on um, special offer. I've yet to install it. I am going to have a go at it at some point over the next couple of days. And uh, yeah, I've had to delete War Thunder from uh, from my machine so that I could fit it on. So Probably well, for that's the best. Great loss. That's not a great loss, is it? No, not really. So, moving on from from there uh, <laughs> i see someone's put wild style in the uh in in the chat um what have the devs said this week well obviously uh, there was a discovery scanner at the beginning of the week which really didn't um cover much i mean we'll be probably talking about it ourselves during this uh during this show i mean one of the things that um we should point out is that obviously um Salvation has upped his game a little bit, uh, but the next frame shift live will be coming from from LaveCon on Saturday afternoon. So there'll be nothing this Thursday. Uh, we've got the we've got them exclusively at, at our at our event. So um, <laughs> beat that one then. Uh, and How many yeah, I think we'll still be there. Also, I've had a question. Then. Um, well, I I I'm not there to supervise you. So I'm going to have to rely on Ben and Psychic to. I think Psychic, we can get Psychic to sit on you, yeah. Okay, like let, let's just talk talk about this for a very very quick second. Given the fact that we're joking about it, um, I have seen people say some really really fucking atrocious things about things that they want to say or see happen to devs at um at Lavecon. Can we just put a stop to it right now? If I see anybody doing shit like that, I will come down on you like a ton of bricks. Space Mom has spoken, and she will be angry. You get just- told. I, I just want to second that, Psyche. I mean, I was at the last physical LaveCon a couple of years ago, and there was a few devs there who were quite, well, actually being abused, to be fair, and it didn't look great on the elite community. It didn't look great on the on the hosts, and it was actually counterproductive to what people were trying to do by asking polite, informed questions to them. I feel like yeah. I feel like there is definitely a time and a place, and um, we can. We are at the end of the day, we are adults. Everyone who is going to LaveCon is an adult or is under supervision, so act like it. Do you, do you think we can? <laughs> I've just seen. Don't anger space, mom. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it, but that needs to be a Corvette. <laughs> um. uh, Elvis Kremen uh, has already. Um, Threatened to deliberately drive his wheelchair into people's shins. So, um, yep. Again, that is exactly reasonable. Pe- is that people giving to developers grief, or is that to the, he's going yeah, yeah, to drive Kremen, knowing Kremen, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on how many he's been had at the bar, I think. We give um, Arf full permission to inflict corporal punishment on anyone. Ben, just because you want him to deliver you corporal punishment. 
to anyone yeah. who feels deserves it. Yeah, well, as long as I don't have to step you know, in, then I think, you know, I, think I, I, I will bear witness that Zarf was that Zarf that Zarf was, was quietly having a drink at the bar whilst that person repeatedly punched himself in the face. Um, <laughs> my question for Clement: Does he have Boudicca style blades on his wood? And if and if not, why not? Yeah, I mean, I must admit that's passed me by. I take it you've seen comments like that in your chat and your streams. I'm not in my I, chat. I, I saw someone. I saw someone on um, on um, Twitter say something about hang. On, I wait. I want to see people like, and I I will quote this. I wish to see people exact their revenge on the devs for um, abandoning the console users. And let and then I've seen other people, I've seen comments from other people that have been on YouTube that have been removed. And um, I just want to make it very, very clear. And I'm sure that this will be seconded by um, the people who are in charge, who are, um, who are running the event. Um, I'm sure that this will be seconded. But if anything happens along those lines, if anybody makes anybody feel uncomfortable in the slightest, they will be forcibly removed from the premises. Yeah, they will be. Um, we are a zero... When it comes to that kind of abusive behaviour, um, yeah, we're zero tolerance on that. And, to be, to um, be fair, any kind of abusive behaviour. And, yeah. and let's remember, like, the, dev the devs are giving up their weekend for us. And, and if they get a hard time, you know, they might not come next next year. And yeah. it would... So, yeah, it's completely counterproductive to be too mean to them. Um, but Stephen Usher has also had a new point. Said the corridors and the new venue are too narrow for blades. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, there there, there is a, a line where everyone says, "Oh, he's very very passionate," but that there is the line between passionate and going too far. Yeah, that ain't and, an excuse. Not in my verse. Yeah. And when you start screaming at people, I think that's your passion's gone too far. So, um, on on that note, I think we'll we'll move on from from there. Um, this, Sally has actually confirmed that the CQC bug that we mentioned last week that is a priority that they're looking at at the moment. So, fingers crossed. Um, we'll hear about that soon. Maybe. Oh, I hope that something will come in in August, the August update, or sooner. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those horrible things that they're looking into right now. Actually, there's quite a few other things um, that was were on that thread that she said that uh, is the prior, they're looking at with priority. Uh, Psychic. Yeah, perfect excuse to put a cheeky a cheeky patch in, wouldn't it? Cheeky patch before it. Just saying, perfect excuse. Oh, we fixed some bits. Cheeky patch. Yeah, cheeky quick batch, just to get everybody um, uh, in CQC happy again. Well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely not happy. anything else as well. No, no, no. But oh, of cheeky batch, cheeky batch. Yes, I wonder why that would be. Right, so there's not much um, happening in the way of development news this week. However, the in-game events have been something this week. Uh, first of all, on the 6th of July, the Federation targeted the, the Narcotics Syndicate, which was the Red Family. Uh, so it looks like they're, they're trying to crack down on um, basically uh, drug smuggling. Uh, but they've been, they were using that, um, that 
rate-breaking surveillance system in order to do it, which wasn't um, didn't seem to go down too well. Then on the 7th of July, um, two things happened. First of all, um, Salvation put out a call saying that he would like uh, extra supplies to, to come in. And then, well, he, he got his vital supplies as for um, uh, the medical supplies that we all, all sent. Uh, but then he said, oh, I'm going to carry on needing um, Guardian goodies and revealed his stratagem, which was basically, OK, we're going to bait this system with as much uh, as we can to get the, the Thargoids in here. And the Thargoids, sure as heck, replied the next day. Um, all three megaships have come under attack from Thargoids. There are um, anti-Xeno combat zones all over HRB 22460, which um, myself and uh, Ben and Shan were involved with, with yesterday and before. Uh, and yeah, we're probably going into that with a little bit more detail later. Um, so that all fired off. Um, then on the 11th of the July, the Red Family Kingpin, which the Federation were after, um, he completely managed to elude the FIA and um, disappeared. Totally. They've got no idea what happened to him. Is that like Joss Verstappen eluding the FIA? It's so funny. See, um, I saw Zulu Romeo tweet earlier saying it was the um, uh, F2 manager elite dangerous crossover that we never knew that we needed. <laughs> Yes, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything about um, orange smoke on the track yesterday uh, on 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 Sunday. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> and today, on the 12th of July, um, uh, Salvation completed his first um, CG asking for uh, Guardian artifacts and said, "Right, okay, that's phase one. So let's have phase two. So um, yeah, Jean." Do we think they're sort of just treading water, or do you think this phase two was planned? If you see what I mean, because it seems a bit. Because you'd think he would say phase one of the plan is this, phase two is. He did. Due next week. Or he do did. you think they think crumbs we've got? He did on Tuesday. And the last time he did it, he did the um, thing. He was like, this phase one, this initial phase of the plan will last for a week. And so we're now into phase two. Um, how many phases are there? Does, does anybody know? I don't know. It depends on how many weeks away update thirteen is. I would have thought. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that I'm a, I am a little oh disappointed about because I'm there thinking, oh, are they stretching this out to update thirteen then? So I think probably not. Okay. And my my reason being for why I think probably not is um, the reward skin, um, the surprise Pikachu face that you can get on the back of um, your crate this time is gold. So um, I don't, I, unless they suddenly come up with a diamond or something like that, I think it might be, that might be it for this particular phase or reward. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably touch on this later. Uh, uh, I take it, you, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting all tongue-tied. So I, I take it you haven't taken part in any of the anti-Xeno stuff that's happening in I've been, a I've been a little busy mate um I... we've been we've been a little busy um uh azimuth biotech are now only present in three systems oh good um, kicking 
which is nice. Um, we've gone down from gone down from five to three. It was super nice of um, of Daddy Savlon to move his um, mega ships away from um, Azimuth home space, therefore freeing up the systems so that we could whack them into a treat. There's only one other system there that we can even. Um, put them into a treat into a treat because we have it we have it com- confirmed that and Booney they're at um a hundred percent anyway they're the only faction in there so uh, and it's permit locked so it'd be some miracle to get another faction in there and get that flipped but T Tower is their home system and at the moment Hind Mine is one of those fixed points for just Azimuth to own so we can't flip that system either so um we have one more system to go but it's it's the doozy because it's Maya. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, they're at war at Maya in the moment, and all of the um, all of the um, conflict zones, um, both. Um, I don't know exactly where the ones in space are because I think the war starts t- tomorrow. Um, but the um, all of the conflict zones are um, going to be three hundred thousand light seconds from the entry star, so it's great. Oh, that's a long troll. Oh, long haul and a troll at the same time, really, to get there. Okay, um, Shan. Uh, it's it's been interesting getting back into AX combat again. Um, one question I did have is, do we know the win conditions for the Thargoid conflict zones? Is it to destroy every single ship that turns up until they stop spawning, or is there a different mechanic that allows us to win? The, well, as far as I'm aware, um, if you manage, you win the conflict zone if you manage to take out everything before the Hydra. Because that um, that is marked as a win, because you get one of these green takes up in the corner. Um, if you are destroyed or you have to retreat before there, I think it doesn't count it as a failure. Or if you're destroyed, it counts counts as a failure. If you are, if you leave, it doesn't. It's kind of neutral. So but, you basically you get one point for a win, zero points for a score draw, i.e., jumping out, mm-hmm. and minus one point for blowing up. So in that case, then, um, what happens if you disconnect? Does that count as a uh, score draw? Score draw, yeah. So, so basically, um, I mean, we don't even know whether or not they're counting these things up. I mean, um, the one thing that we do have to uh, warn people about, as as far as the Thargoid anti-Xenos are concerned, um, I'm fine defending the Federal ship. I'm fine defending the um, the Imperial ship. The Alliance ship, you can go and get destroyed. I don't care. You do not give me fines for just flying about. Because that's that is one of the issues that's, that's hap- that people are, are discovering is that the, the megaship, the Alliance megaship, is still issuing fines. Um, Sally did say that they'd put a, a sneaky fix in to try and fix it. Um, it doesn't seem to work 100% of the time. For most people, they'll still get the fines, but if they do a um, log out, log back in, the fines disappear and they're not wanted anymore. But for other people, you still end up wanted and hostile. And basically, you've got um, a choice of either um, flipping over to Horizons, jumping to... Um, 
the Megaship 1 system away and using the interstellar factors, because in Discovery you cannot use interstellar factors if the, f- if the same faction is in the system, which um, is a pain in the bum. Or you you hand yourself in and then jump another hundred light years back to um, uh, back to HIP two two four sixty, or you basically <laughs> uh, yeah get blown up, and then again you're still back to the the horrible place and back again. So yeah, it's um, personally for as far as lore is concerned, you know i i would I would seriously like this to have an effect in the lore. I've said this on the forums. I sort of think that maybe that should highlight how badly the alliance and um, serious things going if if they if they've got bugs like this in the system. So if I just want to pick up on that, Colin. Also, something Cy mentioned in the chat is: uh, Do we think the results of these conflict zones are going to have an effect on the outcome of the Salvation Azimuth saga? Or is this something to keep us busy, so to speak, and that the outcome has already been decided? I don't know. And the, and my my follow-up while we think of that is, if the outcome is to be decided, i.e. we don't know how many conflict zones you need to win, etc., shouldn't there be a an in-game leaderboard so we know whether, you know, we really need to focus on helping the alliance out or whatever it is, or we know we're falling behind, so therefore we need to make extra effort. Because at the moment, it all seems very concealed, so we don't know if we're having an effect or not. Well, you see, this is the problem, because um, I've got to ask you this, Shan. If you, I mean, would you be happy that all the content that they've had or they've got lined up, um, they just don't implement it at all if the community wins at certain conditions? Would you be happy with that? I would be happy knowing they had prepared, say, a win-lose-or-draw outcome, and we actually know whether we want... Actually, then people can play if they want a win-lose-or-draw outcome. At the moment, the only way to, in quote, lose is not to play, which sounds very war games, but I, I don't... I just want to know that the time we spend blowing Thargoids up is contributing towards the war effort, if you see what I mean, rather than being a bucket-filling exercise. Well, at the moment, I'm just blowing them up because of fun. Um, it's like it. I have... My, my opinion on that would be that it potentially, depending on how, like, how much of a bucket-filling exercise that is or how much, how much you fill would potentially um, know, uh, make the decision as to who is being helped more or who will help more if more if more people say for example defend the federation ship let's say and yeah. um the federation has like um 20 percent more than the alliance um as far as like having war sites in uh war sites one we they you there's a way to gauge that the um winning side there means that um, the Federation will support more or something along those lines. That would be my takeaway from it, based on previous information, that previous things that have been done along those lines. I feel like there would be an additional footnote. And I also, in response to the would you be happy if nothing's added in the game, I feel like along along the way, 
they have like for example for example let's say um let's say we need a special um handheld weapon for something coming in the future and there's been a year of dev work for this um handheld weapon we've got the graphics and all of that done all of the sound is made for it with sound is um excellent and all of that stuff say we need this handheld weapon and it's specifically like a, a guardian based or an anti-xeno based weapon um you wouldn't just be able to get that from salvation if salvation isn't successful there would be like a uh, salvation would do it your tech brokers might have it and then also we have ramtar we have palin as well who are key figures within that um uh xeno um that xeno space within elite that you could quite easily just shift a logo onto um based on the um the information and outcome of something um it's the little incidental things that will that in my opinion will change and be affected by something rather than just binning off a year's work of dev work on something yeah because we know that they've lost dev work before because the way the community acted with um cgs in the beginning of the game um psychic uh sorry ben i have to i think no matter what we actually want there's no way to know it as as shan was alluding to it's all very quiet as to what the things are so you know frontier could say we had this planned all along and you guys helped by doing these actions but they could just as equally say well enough people went off and killed you know we had one basilisk killed therefore uh salvation was defended and his weapon went off and killed everybody you know, we 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 can't Unless the winning conditions are defined in advance, we've got yeah. no way of knowing what what the score is. It's GM fudging, isn't it? There, yeah. are, there are certain points when you are a GM that you know, in order for the 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 scenario or the or the, or the game session to progress, you've got to fudge it, and um, that does hack off some players because they want to go off and do their own thing. Uh, and those kind of players GMs absolutely hate because they sort of they're thinking, listen, I've spent a week preparing all this for you guys and you just you don't want to play it, so why are you playing it? Um okay, uh we'll go back to Shan. Um yeah, a couple of thoughts about uh wing conditions and stuff. What I would I mean that's just going into a bit for the main topic, but one thing I would want to say as an example of this is let's say the alliance you lose more alliance conflict zones than Imperial or Federation conflict zones. So therefore, Thargoids think, right, the alliance is weakest, we will go for alliance systems first. So you would then choose, if you like, your superpower, which one would cop it because they lost that, that CG would be an interesting way to go. And in response to what Cy was mentioning about dev their work being lost as i seem to remember yes it happened once or twice i think with the um, well i was thinking what happened with um emperor's dawn uh, yeah well i was thinking well, what i was going to say about uh, items is i think when some guardian stuff came out and the ax stuff came out we chose which ax weapon we wanted first didn't we it wasn't you can't have it, you can't have this because you had that. 
it was which do you want first this the winning cg if you like was the one you got first so it's perfectly possible to have the super duper Raygon and the thyroid killing already in game but that would then come later because certain conditions were not met yeah yeah well, like I mean, they, the, they wouldn't get rid of the they wouldn't sorry colin i no i jumped problem. in my bad so they wouldn't they wouldn't it wouldn't totally negate all of the work that a dev has done for example what it would do it it would just change the momentum um effectively and and move move something around the story and go okay so if let's say if um salvation absolutely flummoxes it and there's something there's something else in the works and you can't get the guns that you're the things that you wanted or this big powerful weapons from salvation anymore then maybe it's going to be a little bit further down the line but maybe ramtar or palin or the um anti-xeno or the tech brokers and stuff will be work beginning to work on that and then it will disseminate that way but it won't have um little azimuth logos on it and stuff yeah it just won't happen now yeah exactly yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they've learned from the lesson about the um, uh, the the cargo racks, which are resistant to um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Corrosion. That's the word, corrosion. Um, you know, we are we're stuck with four ton ones. Um, well, we were stuck with four ton ones because basically a CG happened and it didn't go all that well. So instead of getting eight tons or 16 ton ones, we ended up with just four as the absolute maximum. And um, I mean, that's changed now, but because there's been disseminated in, into the um, uh, via the tech brokers, but for, for absolutely ages, it, it was a, ooh, it was an absolute pain if you were stuck with trying to do meta alloy, well, not meta alloys, but um, Thargoid probes. Um, what's that about beam lasers, Shan? Uh, yes, you do you remember a number of years ago now there was a CG where um, if you won it, if we won it, you would it would unlock class three gimbaled beam lasers, and that CG then failed, and there was such an uproar because obviously people in Python's and stuff like that do what did want their gimbaled beam lasers. So eventually, after a couple of weeks of QQ on the forums and Reddit, etc. Frontier then added them back in, um, so they kind of relented and backed on. I mean, I was, I was happy they added them because, you know, who doesn't want a bigger beam laser? But part of me was also thinking, well, doesn't that negate the effect of failing the CG? But that's that was an example where Frontier actually did change it based on feedback. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, obviously, the Thargoid narrative um, a little bit later. But I think for the moment, we will pop over and see what's happening with the store. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the
Um, welcome back. Well, for those of you who are fans of the Viper, we now have uh, a new set of acceleration skins. These look... I thought they were the same ones that we've had before, but they're not, because they're in the same colour palettes as the star pattern that was, you know, the Captain America star pattern that we, we saw in before. I must admit, I'm, a, I'm always a fan of the, uh, of the Viper Mark III, and yeah, I think I'm going to end up with one of these. I was thinking, you know, it's more America Chavez rather than Captain America, but yeah, you know, she likes punching stars and things, doesn't she? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I like, I don't I like that red and blue one rather than the white and blue one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really me, me, but I don't, you know, the the red and blue one's okay. Um, oh, that orange, the orange and blue one's horrible. Yeah, it comes yeah. in uh, blue, orange, uh, the one that Anakin hates, sand, uh, green, green, grey, and red. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some yeah. very pastel colours, to be honest. Um, Shan? Yeah, I'd prefer it if they were bolder colours, I have to admit. Uh, it reminded me of the colours my Adidas football had when I was a kid that had been left outside for a couple of years. With all the all the colours just faded away, I'm not a huge fan of it. To be fair, um, it's inventive. It's it's again highlighting the change or improvement in technology Frontier put in for ship skins. So I appreciate it from that way, but I don't know. It's just not wasn't not not one for me. I like it. Are we sure they're new? Are they definitely definitely new? I think they are because the ones that we we had before the star pattern was was um right d- uh, down the center of the uh of the of the fuselage while well, this time it's it's more s- off to the side yeah they're the same ones so you remember you could get the gold one if it you finished a, a cg like a really long time ago i've got the gold one um there was a cg where the top 75 percent of um, participants got like a gold star viper skin and it looks exactly like that but it's gold and um looks and and obviously looks a lot nicer but i thought they came out at the same time of that i might be entirely mistaken on this um i haven't seen the only other thing is that i haven't seen a tweet and there's normally a tweet that goes out from the elite account if they're brand new i mean they're cool enough they've got stars on them i'm not gonna um lie i'm not gonna lie i like a star yeah but um I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're one hundred percent new. I will quite yeah. happily be corrected on that. But they're all right. I must admit, I've forgotten how good the Viper Mark Three uh, was um, until I saw a Scorpius um, doing uh, flying around in a in a souped-up Mark Three, uh, doing the uh, the tunnel into um, into the planetary cities. You know, there's there's a, a tunnel that goes. Um, underneath the docking bays and out into the main part of the city. And the idea is to boost through there as fast as you can. And in some of these souped-up um, Mark Threes, you're, you're hitting 700, 800 metres a second and trying to get through the uh, through the slot, so to speak. Um, I think there was a lot of wreckage. <laughs> I, I was scratching my head to the thing, and I'm reasonably sure that the, the red... One is like the Homelander costume from the boys. That's one thing that I have not caught up with yet. Oh, the Colin. Boys, the boys has passed me by. Colin. You, you, you do need to resolve that, Colin. 
Yeah, well, um, uh, Psychic's still got to catch up with Babylon 5 and Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Oh, it will be a cold day in hell. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've, I've got to finish The Expanse first. That's what I've got to do. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I agree with that. Was that. Who was that? Was that Shan? Yeah, how could you not have finished The Expanse by now? Because, you know, life gets in the way of things. You'll be telling me you haven't caught up with Better Call Saul next that, no, that's, I, my, I, that's my job. Strange new worlds to all all that. To be honest, and uh, I must admit, after seeing Strange New Worlds' latest episode, I, w- I was completely blown away by that. So, <laughs> yes, you need then. to work from home more so you can get time to watch <laughs> this. I'm quite sure my uh, my job would love to hear that. Yeah. Um, so moving on from there uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll come back with our main discussion are you struggling with paying fines do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station if the answer is yes then you need to call Cowell and McGrath fine management services I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves it was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. Got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! Cowell and McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning, balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo or the issuing of a death warrant. Dreams. Humanity's dreams. The hope to live among the stars. From early times, we've gazed up to the heavens and wondered if one day could travel there. Maybe even live there. The Brewer Corporation has made this dream a reality. Constructing intricate cathedrals of metal, circling numerous planets across thousands of systems in our human bubble. Why stay rooted in a gravity well when you can be free in orbit? Free to dream, free to live, and one day to become a commander and be free to blaze your own trail. Brewer Corporation, the first step into the unknown. Come join us. Be free.
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? back it's an interesting subject that we i mean we've, we kind of got into it a little bit um talking about the the uh, uh the current activity that's happening at the moment but effectively we're the quick main question i've got to ask is the thargoids narrative what do you think's going to happen next and yeah so we'll, we'll put on your tin hat alert everybody so you know rampant speculation um, I'm going to start with Psychic because Psychic always is as good. I, it's, I've, I've just gone back through and um, over the last couple of days, I've gone all the way back through sort of like chronologically the Azimuth saga, as it were, and stepped like through time. And it's been really interesting to go back and look at everything that happened from a oh, we know who Caleb Witcherly is now and we know all of this. Um, where do I, what do I think is next for sort of Thargoids? Mm-hmm. Big Thargoids, like big, big Thargoids, I'm expecting. Yep. And um, very small Thargoids, like micro, um, micro Thargoids. Darren told me that my tinfoil was too tight. Um, he did, but that was when I suggested that Salvation was funding the NMLA. <laughs> How about Salvation is a Thargoid? No. Oh no. <laughs> no. That, that that would be the 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 ultimate. Oh, get lost. <laughs> um, the the thing the thing that I found really really interesting was you you mentioned like the Salvation stratagem and that thing that dropped on the seventh of July, um, that Gaunet article. In that Gaunet article, he mentions that he's the reason that um, Planet Ten B is locked down is um, because they're currently um, setting up their weapon of mass-goid destruction um, on Thargoid Barnacle, well, on the Barnacle sites. Is that right? Not Barnacles, on like those, the the site, the the Thargoid sites that we have there on that planet, there's two of them. There's two Thargoid sites and there's one Guardian site. So There isn't though. I thought there there was. No, it says Guardian. But there isn't anything there. Unless anybody tried to find it from the outside, it literally says Thargoid 2 and Guardian 1. I assumed that that was um, the Overlook that it was referencing, and the Overlook was actually just packed full of Guardian stuff, and that's why it was registering as a Guardian um, a Guardian item. However, I've been reliably informed by a number of people that that has... Um, 
there have been like Thargoid and Guardian and things that have shown up as Guardian when people have actually flown to them has come up of as Thargoid. So it might be it might be a bug that hasn't been fixed for God knows how long, or it might actually exist and we're just like blissfully unaware that there is something else Guardian on these planets that we're not um we're not um actively paying too much attention to. Um we know we know categorically what happens when you shove a Guardian um relic into a um a Thargoid site. We've seen it happen. Yes. Oh yes, we have. We've seen it happen. Even haven't we? Yeah, it breaks. It breaks. Everything goes red, and you're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! What have I done?" That kind of thing. It's not not your pretty stars anymore. So imagine at least two weeks that we know of um, things. Mm-hmm. Guardian artifacts taken to one of these bases. Imagine the response that the, that Guardian base is going to have when you try setting that up. I am excited to see what happens. I hope it results in big ass Thargoids. Yeah, I'm hoping for for big ass Thargoids as well. But um, right, well, okay, Shan. Um, what do I expect? It's tricky because it can go either way. And my, my hope is that Frontier have been working studiously behind the scenes and are going to release a new variety of Thargoid Interceptor, Mothership, whatever. Um, so that would be my hope. My gut feel, though, is is that such release will be further on down the line. Um, what I would really, really want to see is the second variety a Thargoid turn up. Yes, then uh, this is quite interesting, isn't it? Uh, well, there's, there's two kinds of Thargoid, apparently. Oh, go on, Ben. I, I can hardly hear yeah. you breaking up Sorry. a bit. Is it, is it Claxians, the other kind? They are, yes, because the ones we've seen are the Aresians, apparently. Well, how do we know? Well, yeah. When nobody yeah, said. Salome told us. Who told us? Salami. Sal- no, she. I don't think. I've, this is one thing, and I'm, I, I think we'll have to. We'll have to ask Pete or any other lore masters out there. Like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know yes. about the lore. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are we actually... Have they ever mentioned the kind of breed of Thargoid that we're dealing with? Because there's supposed to be two forms of Thargoid, one of which um, is basically... The, there's been a, a, I don't know, a faction split within the Thargoids and one lost... And they might be using as a as a meat shield against the other. Yes. What, the, what was that in? Just for uh, out of the, it, it was out of darkness, uh, an official elite dangerous novel, which means uh, it's fully sanctioned by Frontier. Yeah. So, um, but it was more than that. I thought there wasn't it. I thought that they were mentioned in previous elite games. I think oh. because. The, no, I wouldn't the, the, count anything in league games. No, um, you, you can't account anything in that, um, Shan, because uh, the official position on that from Michael Brooks when they were putting all the law together was effectively, um, yeah, we're taking some bits from the original games, but you can't use the original games as you know the lore all the way through. So they retconned it. They've, they I, have retconned it. Yes, I would. I would also argue that. Um, official licensed novels set in the in the elite dangerous world. I wouldn't necessarily rely on them being canonical 
despite like like being licensed and being cited as official canon is is incredibly different now whether well, they were my, at some point uh, i think well, in I star trek terms i'd call it beta canon rather than alpha canon mm, yeah i i have to point out in this case that uh, with alan and with drew and with every all the authors they had to go through a stringent process to make sure that their story ideas fitted in with what was happening with uh, the background. So if, um, for instance, these uh, this split of Klaxine and whatever the other faction of Thargoids didn't ha- wasn't official, it wouldn't have been allowed into the into the novel. And there was an there was an awful lot going on. In fact, actually, you can probably ask Alan about how how canon the, those novels are. Uh, at LaveCon. All the more reason for people to go to LaveCon and ask. I personally would much rather see see things in-game and you see the things that we've been told in-game rather than things that we've read in books because not everybody everybody will read the books. No, no, I I completely agree. I would would lean towards the things that we have been told sort of like canonically within the game space. Well, this is the thing about canonically within the game space is that I don't know whether or not they've actually mentioned these two separate breeds of Thargoid, these two factions. It's just Thargoids. I, I can't game. say that they have in oh, game, no. So, yeah. Well, I... But the, the two breeds going... of Thargoids have been in there, they've been in since, oh, hasn't, hasn't that been in ever since the, uh, the Dark Wheel? I thought it was a species that would like a Thargoid in a Dark Wheel yeah, if it, if rather it's in the than the dark, second. Oh, you've, got to, you've got to forget about the Dark Wheel because the Dark I Wheel know. in the original game had whole loads of alien species in as well as as well as humans. And David Braben has gone on record as saying, actually, no, that's not what the Elite Dangerous was. Uh, Elite Danger- well, that's not what's in the Elite Dangerous galaxy. As far as we're concerned, there are only three races that we know of, and that is the Guardians. Sentient uh, races. Humans. Yeah, sentient races. So um, there, was a f- there was a passage in the Dark Wheel which um, did say, no, you don't mix up this race with Thargoids because basically they're deadly enemies. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's not canon anymore. But what I, what I was going to say is that if you were to introduce a second variety of Thargoid, now would now would be the time to do it. If you see what I mean, because it would be mm. that would be an opportune moment to avoid it after you know to introduce it after what we thought was the nasty Thargoids mm-hmm. are gone and the ones that have been picking on them thousands of years to turn up or who were actually worse, that would be the time to do it, I think, if they were going to. What I think will happen in the short term, I think we'll get more conflict zones with more and more Thargoids with more hit points. Yeah. Um, okay, Ben, your turn. What would you like? What do you think is going to happen? You know what I want? I want, you know those bases that we explored with the the map room and things like that? Mm-hmm. I want them to rise out the ground and kick our asses. Yes, I mean that—that is—that <laughs> is a theory because basically, when you actually look at the shape of the base, it's as if someone has taken a thargoid, uh, a hydra, yeah. expanded it to double the size, and just slapped oh, it down on the planet. It's capital ship size, and then it's on the planets, and it would fit yeah. in with you know the shadows and things like that. 
burying their ships and stuff. Although they didn't do a very good job of burying their ships. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got well, you. Argoids didn't, anyway. Didn't someone rather naughtily examine the game files and come up with a uh, an, a na- another name for there has been a naughty looking. Yeah, there, there had. You see, this um, is the thing. I didn't want to bring this one up, to be honest, because um, there there have been a couple of YouTubers who have have dug through the files, and just like they discovered um, in the files, obviously uh, stuff about the um, the scorpion uh, where before it was it was um, it was basically a ready and also the there has been images of people flying around with the pan, uh, the panther clipper um i th- it's <laughs> those files just get everybody really upset and ex- i think really set the expectations too high and um yeah that's why i don't like talking about some of these things that are hidden in the files the thing is though about the files is very often they're remnants of something that's completely unrelated. Or if the developers ain't like like me, I would put names in there in the files just to troll people. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got to bear in mind that the devs have as much as admitted they will partially work on something and then leave it in that state until they're ready to actually deal with it. Yeah, so it's an unreliable... Yeah, method. yeah, it's it is, and, and this is what this is why I get a little bit annoyed about it because um, people then get—I mean, look how excited everybody got. I mean, admittedly, I was one of them, but we all got excited when we saw we did, thought we discovered what were cutscenes in mm-hmm. in the game files, and everyone's thinking, "Look, we're getting cutscenes with Princess Ashling Deval, and oh, that looks good. It's going to mean mission packs and all that kind of thing." And everyone got really, really excited, and then nothing happened with it. Yeah, and it's it's the same with the leak. Uh, you remember that leak two oh, years ago, and it, it was supposed to the be one that turned out to be right apart from base building. Well, yeah, but everybody wanted base building as well, and when base building was was wasn't anywhere in their plans. Everyone just went, huh. Although it could have been. You see, that's the whole point about these game files being historical. Um, base building could have been part of their plans and was removed when they realized it wasn't possible or they wasn't gameplay fun or whatever reason. So, yeah, don't don't believe game files. And they're the same, actually, for the uh, Thargoids that people have unearthed as well in game, in game files uh, until I see one. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah, take it until, until it's in game. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, like, as Ben says, they've they've, uh, they've admitted that yes, there are stuff that they've been working on, um, but the project didn't work out for gameplay reasons. But that those those um, game files are still in the um, uh, in in the system. They haven't purged them, so to speak. So you do get mentions of the Panther Clipper and and things like that, but. Um, Especially in the NPC pilots, if you check through some NPC pilots, said yes, I, I cut my teeth on the Panther Clipper, and everyone's there going, and where's the Panther Clipper? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as Little Bergen says, every time anyone mentions the Panther Clipper, it's delayed by six years. Yes, it's it's it's, it's, it's the same about um, 
a uh, hundred credits for the uh, the anaconda over in the uh, over in Hutton Orbital, yeah. but you only get your anaconda once they build the landing pads that can handle it. <laughs> Shan, go on. Well, actually, I was thinking rather tongue in cheek and mischievously, what I would do for the next phase of Thargoids is I would have a special destroy the Thargoid Leviathan event between Friday and Sunday of this week. Thank yeah. you, Sean. Psychic. Um, thing, the thing that like just like struck me as really funny was that, Shan, you brought up the game files and then at the end rounded up with saying, yeah, but we don't really want to talk about game files. That was amazing. And please do that more often because I'm going to take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the, the two's not a contradiction because one, but, um, both, it, both are factual. Both are factual. People did bring out Leviathan in the game files. Yeah, yeah, but you were like, let, let, let's talk about that Leviathan. And then like, yeah, but you don't want to trust like the Leviathan and you don't want to talk about the game files. It was just really contradictory and it made me giggle. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting. I, I just think that's really interesting that um, that that you that you that you'd like to see something come in and then get destroyed straight away. It's an interesting thing. Well, I was I was saying tongue in cheek because it's Lavecon weekend. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, that it's it's still a possibility. <laughs> you know, you have something like giant in the game, and then all of the the, the thing that makes me made me another thing that made me laugh was we had someone come and join um, the Operation Witch Hunt, and I know they were just being being a bit of a troll, but they were like, "I really want Salvation to succeed because this uh, anti Xena gameplay has been really really fun. I want Salvation to succeed with his his weapon." And I'm like, "But his weapon is go is supposed to be wiping out all the Thargoids if you're paying attention to everything that you're doing. So that's going to remove all of that gameplay. Of course, it's not going to remove all of that gameplay. Just FYI." because it's a really integral part of the game and it's all going to go tits up and um, big, big mama goid is coming. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, though, because what I just said then, Spider thought of in me, was if this is, in quotes, the final chapter of Thargoids, what would replace it? Because there's, there's, an, awful lot of, there's an awful lot of gameplay and things with AX builds and the whole... Um, the whole thing, if that suddenly stopped, what would replace it that would keep players as engaged? And I'm not sure of anything that is. Guardians! Yeah. Yeah, You've well, got yeah, the yeah. Guardian fighters. Yeah, get, give us some Guardian capital ships and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we'd have to wait for, for that. I mean, personally, uh, what I would like to see, I mean, I don't know whether this is going to happen. Um, obviously, I think um, I like the way it's kind of ramped up a little bit more, where it starts off right. Um, I'm putting all my ships on this system. Uh, we're going to start building up. The Thargoids have now moved in. Uh, there are hints that um, because we're doing stage two, there's going to be more Thargoids coming this way. Brace yourself. That was in today's news. I'm hoping that this Thursday on the Thursday tick, we get the some kind of big Thargoids stroke capital ship size as as Ben has said just to just to basically to, to to scare people now obviously I've got <laughs> no idea uh, if this this is going to happen because I know how much work that it would take to put this in but then again they have been working on this for ab absolutely ages um and I'm hoping that it 
is not destructible. You basically fly around it and um, you can't touch it just yet. Psych it. This has just killed me. New, thargo- new Thargoids with fake beards and glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they're not actually called Thargoids, so they're called Margoids. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, the Thargoids. The- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're not that we're not, or that's when they could turn around and say, ah, actually, yes, you've you've just been fighting the Claxians. Uh, well, here comes the other ones. So would they like have um, three Stooges noses, you know, the no, the fake nose and glasses on the front? <laughs> where, where, where the cockpit would be, you have to basically. Oh, in a trench coat. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Bojack Horseman all over again, isn't it? <laughs> No, what I'm thinking of, you've now put something in my head. I've now got a, a Cyclops coming towards me, but in the cockpit, it's got blaming the Croucho Marks, <laughs> a Groucho Marks face on it with the cigar and the moustache and the, and the, the glasses. Well, <laughs> the anyway, it's moan noises, you know, from the three studios. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, well, we're hoping that there's going to be some es- escalation then uh, before it moves on to the before it moves on. Do you think that this? Oh, someone's photoshopping already. Um, do you think that they're going to stretch this out until basically the August update, and then boom, we're into a new Thargoid war? I think so. And yes. If it's August, I think they can just about stretch it that far. If it's any later than August. It starts to wear a bit thin, I think. So I'll, I'll give them August when they said they'll do it because it makes kind of sense. Past that, not sure. Yeah. No. No what? No, I don't think they're going to stretch it until August. You don't think so? You, you no. Think it's, only it's two weeks going to away. kick off this Thursday? No, no, I'm not saying it's going to kick off this Thursday, but um, my reasoning behind it not being um, until August is reasons of gold paint though though, that's my only reason at the moment is because where where can you now subsequently go with rewards now you're giving out gold um azimuth paint jobs do you know what i mean since you described it as a pikachu face definitely a pikachu face i would thought bright yellow would be the place to go after gold i mean there is definitely something that you could use don't worry talk amongst yourselves we can we can have platinum Platinum, diamond, um... but there's there's no pattern for that. (laughs) Or little bigoted, it will be a lump of green, (laughs) (laughs) purest green, adamantium. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Daddy Savlon. Ah dear. Anyway, um, so I mean, how do you feel that the uh, the plot has been unfurling? I mean, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, What about you three? Start with Ben. Yeah, as you say, I've been enjoying it. Um, I'll be interested. Yeah, I, I'm not massively surprised that we had another CG. I, I'm. I'm. I don't want to sound like I'm being critical here, but I want surprises. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I, I feel like I'm being teased a lot, and I'm now getting okay. Mm. I'm. I'm. I'm having enough of the teases. Let's see. Yeah, let's see the goods. Put, it's time to put out. <laughs> That's just, just that's not what I meant, Ben. But you know what I mean. You, right? you, you sure. are hard to put out. Admit it. 
I I learned the lesson from Game of Thrones, where the build up is really cool and really amazing, and they completely mess the landing up of the story. So I'm going to withhold my final judgment until it's concluded. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I must admit, um, I'm getting. At the moment, I'm getting hope. I'm getting Final Fantasy hope, hopeful vibes, because at the moment, um, Final Fantasy VII is my game for for where they do build up properly and they stick the landing. And if they can, if they can manage to get that feeling, I'll be great. I'm, you know, chef's kiss. Um, what about you, Psychic? You obviously enjoying getting kicking Salvation's butt. I, th- I think it's really fun. I'm. I my my feeling is, and um, we had this conversation a little bit earlier as well. That I feel that um, Operation Operation Witch Hunt in itself has got a really good um, um, has had a really good. Uh, I, I've got I've got content for that planned until August, so I'm fine either way. Um, also, thank you, Golden Samurai. That's a really lovely thing for for you to say. I, I really appreciate that. Um, but obviously, I'm invested. I, um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, you know. I, I don't really do things by halves, and it's a really fun story. So, mm-hmm. yep, uh, yeah, and Shan. No, that was uh, what I was going to say about um, how I had my hopes raised by Game of Thrones. And That's down, so I'm, Sorry, so I'm just going to wait for the end. Okay, right. Well, um, we will hopefully wait and see whether things escalate on Thursday, uh, because that's obviously the next um, next bit. And um, yeah, so I think we'll pop over to the community corner. Oh, hang on, you want to talk about the illusion of choice, Ben? Yeah, it's just something that I kind of been, I've been feeling a bit about with the with. This and we've we've got it a little bit with Psychic's thing as well. It's like, you know, I I I feel like if I want to, in inverted commas, get involved with the storyline of Elite Dangerous at the moment, then I basically I have to be in HIP two two four six zero. I have to be helping Daddy Savlon. I have to be killing. So I call him by his proper name. Daddy Savlon. I have to be killing Thargoids and. Doing these things that I don't really want to be doing. And, yeah, yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying doing it, but it's not what Commander Adel of Ice would actually be doing. You know, yeah, I would be the only way to win is not to play, isn't it? If you're on the far side. Yeah. Or uh, let me offer you a counter option if you're on the Thargoid side. We can help. Help come, with, come and uh, join. Yeah. Come and join in with with bashing. Yes, bashing but then then everyone get Pikachu faces and things like that. Well, if look, I I don't have a Pikachu face to give you, Ben. Exactly, Daddy Savlon does. Well, but why don't you keep getting your stuff from your Daddy Savlon then? <laughs> um, but that's what yeah, that's what I'm meaning. I wish that, and I, I mean, this goes all the way back. You know, we we were told originally that. The Thargoids won't just be a one-dimensional bad guy. You know, you can interact with them in a multitude of ways, and we can. You know, it was alluded that we'd be able to potentially have a constructive relationship. Actually, with them. actually, you got to remember. If I remember rightly, when we asked Michael Brooks, the um, Michael Brooks said that yeah, the Thargoids probably would be the big bad. 
However, and I wish he, I really do wish he hadn't said this. He said, when someone asked him, is it possible for for us to peacefully coexist with them? He said, it's difficult, but it might be possible. And it's, it's that to me just opened up this, this window where everybody just went, ah, but we've got, we've, there's a possibility somewhere. And I just feel, oh, no. Yeah. But it, you know, I, I really wish that there had been the options of actually having a constructive relationship with Thargoids and but, a destructive one. The thing um, is, though, Ben, that's really, really, really hard to code. It's much easier to code a combat mechanic than a diplomatic one, particularly when you, it, unless you have people GMing it behind the scenes all the yeah, time, yeah. it's and that's really, really hard to do. Yeah, and that is the problem because. Um, yeah, but that this goes into so many aspects of so many games, frankly. Well, you know, it, I, I wish, I wish you know, we. We we only have the option to basically supply salvation. Why can't I have a CG to supply a militia that will go off and actively attack salvation? Say, yeah, well, and why did, can't why, why can't did. I go? And, yeah, you but I want competing CGs. People and whoever wins. Choice. The thing is, though, People and I, I, I the and issue with they, that, though, Colin. The, the issue with that is that we have the opportunity to um, fight Salvation, and that you're talking about um, when Admiral Tanner, am I, am I yeah. right in thinking that? Okay, that was that was pre the discovery of the Alexandria. Yeah, um, but I'll still fight for Admiral Tanner, because I knew that something was wrong. I didn't fight for either, because I was like, you know what, let's let them fight and they're see both, what happens. Yeah, they're both twats. Yeah, no, exactly. In, in theory, you can do that, though. I mean, yes, it's stymied a bit by solo and private group, but mm. you can stop salvation or prevent it by killing players who are trying to bring the artifacts. Yeah, but then uh, you've got to make... The thing is, you've got to make that completely clear to them while you're doing it, and you're not just ganking for ganking's sake. Because yeah. people will just think that. Well, they're always going to anyway. Yeah, they, they, you, may, you may as well. You, you can, you can by, by the, or every stretch of every imagination out there, you can go, oh yeah, but someone... If someone has a macro that they click to before they gank you, saying, "Oh, we're going to, we're here um, to stop you from delivering these things to the um, the terrible salvation," and then shoot them, it, does that stop it being a gank at that point? Because what at that point, at that point, when they've clicked that macro and that um, that sign has uh, that message has gone up, that's enough time for a combat log or something like that. So. Do you, well, do you know I, what I mean? I know what yeah. you mean, but uh, I will agree with um, the uh, the code had this right. Basically, they would give you a warning. You got two warnings. Basically, um, you know, I'm going. I'm drop your cargo. Last warning: drop your cargo. And if not, then they opened fire and fired off the 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 hatch breakers. Um, if you, if if say for instance to me, someone had come around and say drop your cargo. Uh, or leave the system, otherwise you'll be fired upon, then I know I'd be in, in a role-playing situation. However, most people don't do that. Uh, and even if people see log, um, it that to me is fine. You have gone and 
you know you've you've gone and taken you've not the high the ground, but but you've you've given them the warning. It is to say right. It's it's to do. The only reason I'm doing this is because of of I'm against salvation. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. But that doesn't stop them then delivering the artifacts when they relog relog in again. And that's not also how. I mean, I, I love what Code did with the whole role playing, drop your card, yeah. etc. But that's not how it works now. Most people will they'll get interdicted and they'll immediately high wake or whatever by the time you've done it. And it just even, makes the whole even, thing. Most players, I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a broad statement, which, as people know, is very unusual for me. But most players do not engage in what we, what people would call role playing. They get no, interdicted. No. They get interdicted. They think, "Oh crap, I'm interdicted," and they immediately try and run away. And by that time, even if you put drop your cargo or we'll shoot, they won't take any notice because they just want to get away and do their thing. And that's a shame, but that's just how it is. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. Ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of the time, that happens. But um, with the code as um, as a prime example, uh, that actually worked quite well. It until you got, um, if you weren't used to it, it still felt like a gank to begin with. But if you got into it and role played the situation, those guys, you know, it played out. But the percentage of role play pirates versus people who just interdict you and blow you up. Yeah. In the instance, is very low. So you, yeah. so you might as well just I not bother. I got no problem with people high waking away. I mean, that's just following the game's mechanics. I mean, combat logging, I'm, I'm not too happy about, but you know, because um, it's combat logging. Anyway, um, I think it's time to move on uh, because we've got some community stuff to to cover over. Um, now, is there something important happening this weekend? Not that I've heard of. I've not been excited about anything at all in the, in the I, I time. I believe the UK is still under a heatwave. Oh, yeah, ah. we've got that. We're just going to have to keep warm, keep cool. <laughs> Imagine. I thought it was the <laughs> Milton Keynes sauna, wasn't it? The Milton Keynes sauna event. Is that what you're thinking of? Yes, it is. So, um, obviously, I'm talking about LaveCon. Um, this Friday, it starts this Friday with an ambassador's meeting. And, of course, Saturday, we have a whole load of of things happening at uh, in the Milton Keynes uh, Hotel. And... Um, We'll also have episode 399. Um, I'll, I do believe we're getting a, a, some of the old crew together to talk about things. Yeah, I got believe no we're, blowing the, we're blowing the dust off. Yeah, I've got no idea what they're going to be talking about. Mind you, on today. Sunday, we have this episode 400. And I've got no idea what we're going to be talking about there either. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we, we, we will be hitting 400 for LaveCon this year. I know with, that's with, with, a with a bit of fancy jiggery, but yeah. Yeah, jiggery. Oh, come on. We've done enough um, conclaves and... and exactly. Retro normally, later. normally we don't do a show the week of LaveCon and we've had to shoehorn this in. <laughs> yes, but it's been worth it, dear listeners, hasn't it? It's been fun. Has it though? Has it though? <laughs> yes. Um, yes uh, a, quick, a, a quick question. Um, Colin, Ben, when... When did you join Blade Radio? What episode number? I've got no idea of the episode number. It was... Uh, it would have been just, something? Uh, just after... Um, oh, oh, just yeah. after... Uh, what should we call it? Um, the thing I in the place no in idea. the... Leafcon 2013. 
then well, then we joined for retro. Then we joined Retro Lave, and then we joined R- Lave Radio proper. I guess. So, I are you the pensioner of the crew then, Ben? Have you been here the longest? Ben has actually been on one more episode than me, if I remember rightly. I think uh, yeah, there was one retro live that you, I, I I beat you on. I was on one retro live and you weren't. But, something yeah. like that. Yes. Something uh, like that. Why do you want to know? Well, because I remember trying rather unsuccessfully to motivate Frontier to help us for episode two hundred. So yeah, I was just thinking because that means I've you've been putting up with me for over three and a half years. That was where it was coming from. So I was just wondering how long other people have put up with you lot. Uh, oh, well, I think, I mean, I know that we've been, me and Ben have been actually doing this for a lot longer than the original crew have. We have now. And I don't know, actually, you know, verging on a train wreck, I still have imposter syndrome, don't you, Colin? Nope. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I do. I, I can't expect yeah, this I, act I, every I, week. I, yeah, I still feel. You know, that's just Shushan. Yeah, I still no, feel. Shushan, we always talk about you behind <laughs> your back anyway. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I still feel that, you know, Alan, Fozzer, John, and Jarvis should show up and actually start talking. But then Alan and John, Alan, Fozzer, John, and Jarvis will probably show up at LaveCon and be like, It's been five years since I last booted up Elite Dangerous. Yeah, it'll be something along those lines. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what is this Odyssey stuff and things like that? I think February last year. I think it was around then, February, March time. Well, I... Oh, Team Falcon, if you tell me. After yeah, no, now you've got me looking things up through the web, uh, the the website. I think, Ben, you're on, I think it's earlier than episode 65. I don't know. I have no idea, Colin. It's it's phenomenally long time. It is, it is a scarily long time. Yes. So we have several things happening at the same time. We've obviously got the main room where uh, obviously the main presentation is happening. Uh, we, the entire thing is sponsored by our good old friends at Spider-Man Games. So um, if you want to have a word with John and Oliver who've done, who've done the Elite Dangerous RPG, then uh, feel free. I believe they still have a Kickstarter going. So if you want to support them, go and do stuff in the Kickstarter. And that's me Very. telling you to telling you to do this, not them telling me to tell you to do it, if that makes any sense, because they specifically said, we don't want to come on and tell everyone to go buy stuff, because if they want to buy stuff, they'll know about it already, they'll be buying it. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, we so, love John Oliver, don't we? Yeah, so yeah. obviously there are there are several um, different activities. We've got Artemis happening. The, I think Stephen Usher has arranged the retro room, so you can have a look at... Um, basically old games there are um there's the games room which has um uh edrpg sessions running um i'm afraid to say i don't think i'll have time to bring down things oh yeah battle cards and that's i haven't seen battle cards in action yet i think the last no the last time everybody was there with prototypes for it at the last lavecon but i've never seen an official set yet i don't think they were there the it wasn't I, released properly because there was still that blooming um, copyright issue that they had to sort out. Okay, um, right. I need to. I will. T- I will let you borrow my set until the next time we meet. Um, yeah. I assume you'll be able to play with your son, play it with your son, or something like that. Yes. Um. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, he doesn't want to play X-wing miniatures anymore with me now. Aww. So you know. Is, I know. Is, he, is he too much of a teenager now to play games with his dad? 
Yes, he is now. Right. And basically, and basically, I stopped. I I stopped uh, pulling my punches and started beating him. So he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, cool, yeah. I don't think I'll be able to bring the miniatures games down this time because it takes so long to set up and put away. And I just really want to say hello to everybody instead of being stuck in the games room all, all Sunday. So, um, yeah, Shan. Yeah, I just want to say really how much I'm looking forward to seeing people again because this will be three is our first physical LaveCon for three years or the third the third time. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's just great to meet people and just chat with people face to face and and that. So I'm just really glad we've got this COVID thing. Oh, talking about done. this COVID thing. Don't, don't say uh, things P- like that. P- <laughs> just- PSA for people coming to the event. Please take your masks with you. There are people who are regulars to LaveCon who are immunocompromised, and they will thank you for not running around with an open face spluttering all over them. So are masks advisable yeah. there for that reason, or what's masks? The... Masks are avid- advisable, yes. Like it. Um, I was I was going to say that the, something that is really. That's been that's really really nice, and it's been observed that there are so many people coming to this LaveCon who it is their first LaveCon as well. I mean, there's um obviously there's quite a lot of um uh, regulars who haven't been for um haven't been for ages um and are really looking forward to that side like Shan, but there are this huge swathe of people like um like myself and um lots of other other folks. Are, who are coming um coming for the first LaveCon. So I'm I'm really excited to see to see them and um meet everybody and find out what this nonsense is all about. Yeah um if you pop over to the uh HWS events um dot co dot uk website uh, Karen has put up the timetable for LaveCon. So if you want to find out what's happening on Friday and what uh Friday, Saturday and Sunday, um you can find out there. Uh the, especially there's a couple of good oh thanks chance chance just put it in the chat. Um so that you can actually see where um uh where everything is happening. Hint 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 you want to make sure that you come to the content creators panel at twelve o'clock on Saturday, don't they psych it? I mean, that'll be a fun one, I think. I think also um, you're going to be there anyway, so there's the Frame Friendship Live that's also happening and, um, like, lots of other things. Um, the quiz, um, that sounds like it might be fun. I'm just we literally also... talking about the stuff that I'm involved in. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, our, our sister station, the Hutton Orbital Truckers, they will be sh- doing a show at 9.30. And then, unfortunately, for anybody who likes good taste, Dockers is on a show that we shall not name. But we just did. Oh. But, uh, yes. <laughs> you think uh, we can press gang psychic into it? Listen. We know um, she's got a bossy mouth. I'd love to. Right. Okay, Psychic, thank you very much for volunteering. I will let Simon know. I would absolutely f- love to, by all uh, means. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for those of you who have missed it, the um, we we have an Adra de Cabal. Adra de Abracadabra. Yeah. yeah, you can't say it either, can you? Yes, that's the one. Um, so that will be. Um, 
competition which will be running on the Sunday and also um, for those of you who have been listening to the Dex Legacy there'll be a special talk by um, uh, Emily Inkpen uh, about uh, the Dex Legacy there on the Sunday as well I think it's a Sunday so um, yeah so looking forward to seeing you all if if you see one of the the Lave Radio crew um, please don't beat us up also if you see a Frontier staffer don't beat them up either yeah so, um, <sighs> right, Saturday, nine o'clock. Oh, for um, Emily Inkpen. There you go. I've just been told the proper time. Seven o'clock. 1900, yeah. 1900, yeah. You said nine o'clock. Nine, oh, did I? Oh, you did. Yes. <laughs> Read you what you meant, Colin. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but nobody else did. That was a problem. Right, um, let's move on from from LaveCon. There are a couple of community items coming on, uh, but I think we will leave them until Sunday's show, because then we've got other things to talk about, amongst other things, what's been happening. Uh, there's actually quite a few things being added to the community uh, events on the Frontier website, so that's always useful to see, but we do have a mostly clueless section. Uh, first of all, we've got um, a hint from uh, Domzilla2112. He says, a good alternative to manufactured material gathering at Dad's Hope is to shoot and destroy beluga liners visiting the hot Jupiter tourist beacon on call 285 sector RF-CB14-7B. It's an anarchy system, so weapons hot. <laughs> so as long as you've got no morals whatsoever about killing innocent people sightseeing, then um, yes, go and enjoy your manufactured material gathering. <clears throat> and what was that, Colin? What was that? That's a good tip. I like that tip. Oh, it's in the show notes. You'll be able to see that. The show notes, which are posted on LaveRadio.com every, every time. I was just saying, because I, I, it used to be found in Futile Isolated, you could by using type nines in anarchy system, couldn't you? I, I, yes, I think it was. So, uh, yeah. Um, other than that, we've got Commander MK Vane on Discord. Um, now, this seems to be in uh, response to some of the things that uh, he noticed about uh, the reviews that he's been reading. Um, he says, most of the negative reviews I've come across are actually from experienced players. And of the I'm a million owner of fleet carriers and running around bases or collect or steal stuff is not for me variety. For some, Odyssey is a bit of a culture shock and not the elite they expected or want. I can understand that to a degree. For those who say it's a massive grind and there are many, I can tell them that most of my mats come from regular gameplay missions uh, and I've managed to get all my gear upgraded and done in about eight weeks. So, um... Obviously, someone who didn't even need ED engineer there or <laughs> the material helper. I, I don't know how he's managed it because I must admit, I am looking at the on-foot engineering and thinking, well, it's not really needed at the moment. Oh, that might change after August. Now, do we have any other business? I do believe someone had something. Uh, ben, you discovered something about from NASA. So, yeah, uh, earlier today, NASA went off and released the first images from James Webb, uh, they released a set of five, um, four of which make for very, very pretty things to look at, uh, the, and one of which is basically a bar graph showing lots and lots of pretty scientific data, 
but it's not exactly something I'd make into a screenshot. Uh, my favourite one, personally, is showing the uh, the cosmic cliffs, um, which it, it, it just looks like it looks almost like a photograph. I um, it looks it's just absolutely gorgeous, and the actual image of it is it's a crazy resolution. Uh, it's an over a hundred megabyte PNG file, uh, and it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, showing you know, showing the galaxy in in depth we've never ever seen before. Um, then we've got there's another one called Stevens Quintet, which is basically five galaxies all being warped by a black hole to bring them into you know almost into high definition, and looks absolutely freaking amazing. Then we've got one which is a a star blowing up and killing itself, and. NASA have always known, or astronomers have always known, it was a binary star, but James Webb could actually see the freaking binary star. You know, it's not just, here's a pixel of light. No, here's two very distinct pixels of light, and it looks freaking glorious. Um, and the final one that looks pretty is, you remember how Hubble did the, the sort of, its image showing like the oldest part of the galaxy, well, James Webb's basically taken that and said, hold my beer. Um, and again, it, it's showing us, it's you're almost showing us the big freaking bang, I think. You know, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and the what, stuff, is that the one with all of the galaxies in it and stuff? That's the one with all the galaxies and the gravitational lensing. Because, yeah. you know, the way that they see all these crazy, stupid old galaxies in such definition. So is that is... They're that using is, the gravity as a freaking lens. According to NASA, that is um, the equivalent of sky if you were ho if you were to hold a grain of sand at arm's length. That is the equivalent of what you can see in the sky, and that is outstanding. Yeah. yeah. To coin a phrase, oh my god, it's full of stars. Well, galaxies. Mm. Stars are full of galaxies. No, galaxies are full of stars. Oh yeah, it's it just the stuff that it's producing, and how fast Web is is just phenomenal. So yeah, go science, I guess. Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, for those of you that don't want to see that, we'll put a link in the show notes where there's some fantastic images uh, ready for you to to review. Um, does anybody have any quick? Um, uh, any other business before we we um, uh, close the show out? We almost made it. I know we almost made it, but uh, yeah. Psychic, um, have you got a new flight assist to to plug? Oh no, we're taking a break. We're back. Hey. We're back in August. Oh right. Okay then. Well, in that case. Uh, I will then start and close the show out. So the next episode of The Dex Legacy, The Hunt, will premiere on Leave Radio next week at, well, at 8 o'clock. Now, I'm not sure about this yet because um, the weekend after um, LaveCon, we never have a, a Leave Radio episode because everyone's knackered and recovering. So yeah, we'll I don't just think we'll have one next week, will we? Yeah, I, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Um, however, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it normally broadcasts on a Thursday. I don't know whether they're doing it this Thursday either. Not sure. Not sure. 
but uh, you can find them at um, twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers or redo.forthemug.com uh, For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Um, also giving shout outs to the following podcasts, which is Allograb AM, the Canon podcast. Spanish speakers have the Elita cast. There's the Fatherhood podcast. Of course, as we said, Flight Assist, Guard Frequency, Loose Screws, and Squeaking Fuel. Um, the following, uh, we following this, we do have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and the wonderful Commander Beetlejude. Um, and, with, and who has been annoying you in... Um, in game world, then Ben, no one technically. Um, <laughs> and that there, there have been lots and lots of people around, but I'm not currently out. I'm in the station at the moment rather than out in space, so I can't see who's flying around. So, no one technically at the moment. Um, I did see Jack Little earlier, as I said, but yeah, you know, but he wasn't officially there as part of Lee Radio, it's just a happy, happy coincidence. Okay, well, uh, if that's the case, then we'll just say special thanks, of course, to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have created music for the show. Um, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or leave a comment in the um, the YouTube comments underneath the show. Um, I would say, actually, if you can... Give us a rating and a a review on whatever podcast app that you use. It would help us. It's always nice to raise the profile of the show. And uh, I've noticed that our, our listening numbers have gone down. So if anybody would like to give us a bit of a boost, that would be nice. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. And do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Ben, thanks to Psykit, and thanks to Shan. And special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist with the the melty machine, uh, the Chris Mark IV. So until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if they can't do that, well, we'll see you at LaveCon.
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fork for two seconds. I'll be right back. News Digest, 12th of July, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we wonder if salvation will ever deliver. The FIA is still trying to catch up with Oberon Church and we hear tales of the Barnacle Triangle. Following the successful conclusion of a week-long campaign to deliver Guardian artefacts to power the Proteus Wave superweapon, Salvation has decided he wants still more Guardian artefacts to help him build the best damn superweapon ever. The Proteus Wave will, according to the ageing self-styled Messiah, be the weapon to end all wars between humans and Thargoids forever. Built using a 200-year-old recipe that was recently discovered at the Proteus Anaconda in Trapezium Sector YU-X C1-2, this latest version uses Guardian artefacts to create a massive tuned electromagnetic pulse that will either destroy Thargoid technology or make it run away very quickly. By connecting the device to an ancient Thargoid structure in HIP-22460, Salvation believes he can magnify the weapon's potency to wipe out Thargoids completely. This modern-day Frankenstein doesn't seem to have considered whether a massive electromagnetic pulse might bring the Thargoid structure, which some believe may be a massive crashed hive ship, back to life, or what the potential consequences to humanity might be. But we're going to have to wait to find out. Having used up all the Guardian artefacts that he stole from the megaship Alexandria, Salvation, who was renowned for his work on the mycoid virus 150 years ago, began to believe that he could make a bigger and better weapon than he'd initially envisaged. Turning to crowdfunding to get more Guardian artefacts, his initial goals were rapidly surpassed with the help of more than 2,000 contributors. Now that appeal is over, he says that those who pledged their Guardian caskets, orbs, relics, tablets, totems and urns have voted for a bigger and better version of the weapon, saying they don't care how long it takes as long as it completely fulfills their wildest imaginings about how good the weapon could possibly be. And so, Azimuth Biotech has renewed its appeal for yet more Guardian technology to be delivered to the bright Sentinel megaship, which is in orbit just above the assembly site of the Proteus Wave on planet 10b in HIP-22460. Azimuth Biotech's Commodore Morag Halloran has specifically asked for more commanders to take part and has encouraged existing participants to share their referral codes. She is believed to be investigating the possibility of a free fly, free fly weekend to encourage more pledges. And Azimuth has cranked out another near-identical reward paint job. Only this time, it's coloured gold. Some naysayers have suggested that this further appeal is simply a stalling tactic and that Salvation can make more credits by having his superweapon in a state of perpetual development than by firing the finished product. Others have argued that attempting to wipe out an entire sentient alien species is fraught with moral ambiguities and that perhaps Azimuth Biotech's Ethics Committee might like to consider alternative strategies. 
whatever and whenever it eventually happens. After all this waiting, it had better be good. Federal Intelligence Agency doesn't seem to be having much luck capturing drug lord Oberon Church. They've been trying to catch up with his cunning crime boss for at least three years, and he keeps slipping the net. It's widely believed that Church, who masterminds the biggest and baddest drug cartel in the Federation, and who markets insanely addictive narcotics, has FIA agents working for him. He has previously been able to penetrate FIA headquarters on Mars to assassinate an informer. The FIA has had some success arresting members of the gang and confiscating huge numbers of assets, but Oberon Church remains elusive. There are early signs that the FIA may be on the verge of appealing for assistance to capture this wily criminal, who apparently thinks of himself as the Man of Smoke. The controversial Proactive Detection Bureau is believed to be working to decrypt messages it found on confiscated data drives, which unbelievably, may include the exact coordinates of Church's top-secret hideout. But with the FIA having broadcast widely that they're on the verge of discovering his secret lair, it seems possible that Church may, over the next few days, choose to move to a a different top-secret hideout where he can remain concealed indefinitely. It remains to be seen whether there will be a week-long standoff between the FIA and the remainder of the Red family when the PDB finally decrypts those floppy disks. There are three Thargoid barnacle sites on HIP 22460 Planet 3, and we've been hearing rumours that quite a lot of ships have been going missing in this barnacle triangle. Commander Asamur and Commander Alec Turner are two of the commanders whose ships are believed to have vanished mysteriously in this three-sided, three-vertist surface. Some believe it's the 1.5G planet that sucks the ships down to be ripped apart on the rocks. Others believe that holes open up in the space-time continuum and suck the spaceships into a parallel universe. Still others have noted that Thargoid interceptors, normally observed to be entirely peaceful while munching on meta-alloys, appear to have a grudge against human ships and will open fire without warning, ripping another ass in the victim's asp, or DBX, and leaving them with an inconvenient apex ride to the nearest shipyard, more than 80 light-years away, to pick up their replacement ship. Who knows which of these theories are true? Anyone wishing to perform practical experiments to see for themselves are encouraged to visit the Barnacle Forest labelled as Barnacle 3 on HIP 22460 Planet 3. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, while the spoon writes the news, so don't blame me. (laughs) 